welcome everyone to Wicked Curious Radio. I am your mystery babe in Roxy's Wicker from New England Curiosities, welcoming you to today's show. I am here with the amazing Ken. Hello, good afternoon. Hello. Looking at the clock. Are you, do you know where you are? What time it is? Where am I? I don't know. I don't know. Where are you? <laughs> Just point me in the direction. Okay, great. Um, and of course, we're here with Professor Lou Plassey, and we are doing our pre-Memorial Day show, and on today's show, which is Everything Wicked Curious, we're going to be talking about something you can do for Memorial Day to find some of the most curious and haunted museums in New England. So a little bit of some road trip ideas for you, things you can go check out, places that we've gone that are not miss museums and some of the experiences and stories that we've had in some of New England's very cool, unique places. So we'll give you a, a rundown. The museums themselves are haunted? Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, of course. I mean, some of these museums are pretty old. Some of the artifacts they have in them have a story and a history. So some of the museums that are more unique and ones that tend to be a little more haunted we'll cover mm. today. Good places to take the family or a significant other? Well, yeah, if you want. Or you can go alone and face the ghost yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But we'll, um, we'll go get... with all your friends. Maybe they're friendly ghosts like you know, Teddy Roosevelt and Night in the Museum. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish there was a museum like that around. I would love to go and check that out. That would be, be fun. What <laughs> a live performance museum. This could be a next thing for you. Oh, God. You're giving, mm. you're, you're giving me more tasks to take on? Just giving you more ideas. More, more ideas. Okay. I, I, and I you've like got plenty ideas. of ideas. Yeah. Yes, right, you do yeah. have plenty he's, of he's ideas. He's an idea man, for sure. <laughs> That's right. Lots of suggestions for our infinite time. And a live performance museum. Wouldn't it be great? Hmm. You could Actually, do it, it as, would be great. You could do it as a pop-up. Not there permanently. Just do it as a pop-up. Yeah, just for like the weekend. Hmm. A little something fun. Yeah, we have places we can do that, too. So we do? We'll have to discuss this. Actually, we do. We, we do, do have places we, yeah, we, we can do Yeah, we actually do, now that I give it some thought. We do have some yeah. some places that Playing we can do Playing actual characters in the history of Portsmouth, telling ghost stories. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, whether it's Deadwicks or the TV station. We have Yes, we, we do have, have some resources. We do have some resources. We can even film it at the station. Oh, stop with your plotting and planning, people. Oh, my God. How much time do you think I've got? Do you think, you know, I just have an infinite amount of time to to entertain you all with stories of ghosts and ghoulies and all of that? We're just trying to help you do it more efficiently. Well, thank you. You have more free time. Great. So you're going to check people in at the door for me? Sure, I'll do that. Okay. Ticket, please. Yes, tickets. Tickets, please. Um, so before we get into uh, haunted museums, we um, we should mention, uh, in, in case you, you aren't aware, the music that you hear on Wicked Curious um, at the opening and closing of the show is actually from our film Woodland Alchemy. So that is what has been Emmy nominated. So we actually, um, just this week... Uh, made our reservations at the Copley for next month. See, there it is. It's all spooky yeah. and creepy. It's a month away now? Mm-hmm. Staying at the Copley. Nice. We yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's just so... And this is just a 
tapes. Oh, it's just a little. It's yeah. just a little tea. Of course, this is the lovely Jenna Green. Yes, yes, this is. And Robert McClung mm-hmm. collaboration. Yeah, this is just such an amazing collaboration, and it is uh, an Emmy-nominated soundtrack uh, to the film. So we're we're just about a month away, um, June fifteenth. We're actually going to the official red carpet Emmys, and it, it was a little bit surreal making the hotel reservation. Yeah, um, because this it, is a big the, deal. The awards are actually at the Copley, so yeah. we decided to so get an Emmy nominee discount. Oh, we actually got, um, they had a block of rooms, so they actually had so a pretty, yes. pretty good discount Nice to stay at the Copley. And of course, I have heard that the Copley is haunted, so I am, I am super, super excited. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to have a seance now. What a better place yeah, for witches see, to I'm stay. I'm, now I'm interested. Well, so, what, what, you weren't interested one? before. Oh, no, I thought you were going to refer to the vodka lady. Oh, 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 the vodka lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a story I want to hear. <laughs> There's always a story on the trolley. Um, hi, Sharon. Uh, <laughs> Sharon was uh, on our uh, haunted trolley tour yesterday, of course, with the Newcastle. Well, hello. Good morning. Yeah. So, uh, good afternoon. Afternoon. Good I afternoon. So, um, it, I think what we're going to try to do when we go down to Boston is really make a trip out of it. I mean, whether whether or not we win the Emmy is, I mean, it would be great, you know, particularly for Jenna to, to win the Emmy and just having the film Emmy nominated for the soundtrack is pretty amazing. I'm just happy to go and have the experience of going down and walking the red carpet. And, to be there and, and take this all in. Right. And, yeah. and to be with our talented friends and, and see how far it goes. But I think there's an opportunity somewhere in there to maybe learn a little bit more about the ghosts in Boston. I mean, yes. we don't we don't get to Boston too much unless we're on on assignment, so to speak, from right. writing. So, um, in hearing that the Copley has ghosts, and there's a few other hotels in Boston. In fact, um, I know Sam Baltrusis knows some really good locations in the city mm-hmm. that we we might actually extend it a little bit more to see on our way out what other stories we can pick up. And I, I think I think Boston is great. I think we just are sometimes challenged getting in and out of the city and we have to have a, a reason to go. But since we're there, we may um, come out with some more stories. Have you, you ever think? visited the Granary Burial Ground? Oh, absolutely. Oh, we've done oh, all those, yeah. yeah. Granary, Cops Hill. Oh, there's some great cemeteries in Boston. Of course, n- notwithstanding, we talk a lot about Boston Common as being a place where they actually did uh, execution of a woman named Ann Tibbetts. She was uh, executed for being a witch. She was hung on the common. Plus, there's also a haunted cemetery down the far end of Boston Common. So there's there's a lot. I didn't know that. There was a witch ex- execution in Boston. Mm-hmm. Oh. She was actually executed pre-Salem witchcraft trials. Yeah. Her um, And it's funny because her story is very unique in the respect that she wasn't someone on the fringes of the community. Rather, her husband was very, very wealthy. They had a beautiful home in Boston. He actually um, worked for for the government back in the colonial government. And when he passed away, she was a very strong-willed woman, and there was some construction going on with her house, and she was very demanding and asked people to stick to the commitments that they had made and what they were being paid, and I guess they were being a little bit slack. Mm-hmm. And because of their, her outspoken nature, people started to call her a witch, and they actually made it stick, and she was executed. Wow. And here, here was a woman that was of, of a very high social status and very well known in the community, and they managed to tear her down in, in her own way and kill her. They managed to hang her for 
getting on a subcontractor or a contractor. Well, can you imagine today what that would be like? Oh I mean, goodness. we'd all yeah. be hanging from trees. <laughs> I know. Honestly. So, um, I think the wrong end got hanged there. <laughs> yeah, easy way to deal with your, you know, enemies, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, um, but it's funny. Salem gets all the press, but this witchcraft stuff happened right. in ones here and there. But think about throughout. think about the society and the environment at the time that someone just gets pissed at you and just starts making up this stuff about you because you're giving them a hard time and mm-hmm. it turns into you're a witch and you're going to be executed. That's mm-hmm. all it took. Yeah, and it was it was so challenging because wherever you were in New England, that could be handled with an execution, mm-hmm. or it could turn itself around, like in um, you know in Portsmouth. Again, pre-sale witchcraft trials, woman is actually able to prove that it was slander, and she sued her accuser and actually won in court. Really, it actually in, went yeah, the other way in 1656. Oh, wow. So it was it, it really all depended on the community that you were in, and you know who you were up against, and how far you were willing to take it. So it's um it's funny because both those stories are within about ten years of each other, hmm. and you know again two well-to-do women with two very different outcomes. So it's um it's it's strange to yeah. me when you There's you a slightly look at different mindset in Portsmouth. I wonder if attorneys develop specialties. I wonder if there are ads back there. Call the witch. Call Mitch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe there's some guy in Boston who specialized in witch trials. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably onto something there. Yeah. That'd be a great marketing campaign to write up. Yeah. You know, for for uh, legal services. Yeah. Spectral evidence, not a problem. <laughs> let, let me dispel the charges against oh. you. Oh. <laughs> Throw that witch in a ditch. Oh, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Oh, I Hello, Autumn. Hello, Fred. Yeah. Hello, everybody. All right. People tuning in. Hello, everybody. So, yeah. So, kind of my intention is when we go to Boston to, since we're going to be there the next day, Mm -hmm. is just to kind of see what we can. Gather information, what we can gather. And, of course, the next day is is Father's Day, and we don't have anything on the tour schedule. Mm -hmm. So, we have the full day to go and explore the city. Mm, And um, we'll do a little bit of research first to see what we want to go in, check out. Maybe there's some, some stuff within walking distance of the hotel. Maybe something like at the Union Oyster House or something like that, right? Oh, I would say there's got to be something there. I mean, there's there's Just so many large, stories. large numbers, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, and we actually did our Coconut Grove show a few weeks ago. Yeah, right, we talked yeah, about right. the fire at the Coconut Grove, mm-hmm. so we might be able to go and take a walk through the neighborhood and a some lot photographs has, of the site. A lot has gone on in Boston over the years, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's much to uncover. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll make it a a, a working sort of. We trip always do. As, yeah. At, I like the Coconut we're... Grove show. That was that was interesting. Yeah. I, I really I really enjoyed the Coconut yeah. Grove show. And we got some great feedback. So mm-hmm. um, you can you can check that out if you missed it. Um, certainly, you can find it here on Facebook or iTunes or Buzzsprout. And I give it a listen and see what you think about the history and let alone the ghost stories that are left in its wake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. You know, might be too soon, I don't know, but have people explored spiritually marathon bombing sites, things like that? I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I think there's probably still a sensitivity to that because yeah. it's in all of our memories. Um, you know, again, not, nothing surprises me, but I haven't heard of anything. Which you know, which doesn't go to say that you might not hear because it may be done on a very personal level, right? Where people aren't aren't talking about it but are pursuing sure. it yeah. for their own spiritual closure. Yeah. So yeah, any, any yeah, because when what we don't know that. is when people have personal losses, even before you know something goes public, family members have 
personal experiences that they don't share. So we don't really know. Yeah. No, no. And, um, you know, eventually they do come out, you know, stories mm-hmm. of 9-11. It took a long time for people to come out and, and talk about strange things that were going on, you know, after the fire. Really? Was, yeah. yeah. After, the, after, you know, after all that had happened, people had talked about, you know, having premonitions and strange things that kept them away from the site that they couldn't explain. So there were a, a lot yeah. of strange tales that came out, but it was definitely some years later. Yeah. So it takes some time before. Yeah, and there's there's so much healing to be done, and people right. have to feel comfortable in talking about it. So I, I totally understand, but I always have my ear to the ground to yep. see if there's if there's something going on out there. But if you want to have your ear to the ground with us, um, this weekend we have a lot of events. We have a lot on, going on. Yeah, on Thursday, um, I'm doing a workshop at Deadwick. It's called Water Magic, and it's all about learning how to use water for healing and magic and connection. And if you did not see the full moon this past weekend over the water, you really missed something. That it was, was amazing. It was just gorgeous. Yeah, we took a ride down Ocean Boulevard. Over the ocean. Sunday, it was stunning. Uh, watched the moon rise on Saturday night. Yep. yep, it was yeah, it was yeah. gorgeous. We went down uh, to Ocean Boulevard and Rye and took the ride down to Hampton. It was just just gorgeous. So because oh. it's one of those it's one of those nights I like. I always hunt for these where it's near full moon and the sunset and moonrise are right, very right. close almost, together, almost yeah. at yeah. the same time. I think it was about ten minutes on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. it was incredible. We we saw the sky was still that beautiful blue and it was almost like a peach colored moon it was just just gorgeous oh yeah it was it was pretty amazing yeah, it was super amazing so friday we have our in town walking tour six yes. o'clock historic Porch of legends and ghost walk saturday is one of our rare trolley tours the other side of darkness late night trolley the late tour, night trolley which oh. is our our late night trolley tour no shenanigans though <laughs> well, you no never shenanigans know. but um we do go through a, a few neighborhoods that we don't normally cover on our regular tours and on sunday we have our sunday morning m-o-u-r-n-i mm-hmm. sunday morning, morning which is our trolley tour that goes to three of Portsmouth's very historic cemeteries. And it's a really good one. Yep. So we have that. Um, our Wicked Haunted Waterfront tour is sold out, unfortunately. That's that a, one's sold out one for of our most popular like the next tours. month or so. And the other strange thing is we're really noticing just the volume of holiday trolley tour reservations that have been coming in. Yeah. Like big groups of people. Yeah, that's a good so, thing. Oh, it's a great thing. It's mm-hmm. just like wow, six months away. It's just amazing. Yeah, like how far out we're looking. But you can find out more information about all of our tours and events, of course, at newinglandcuriosities dot com. And you know, keep an eye to our Facebook page. Sometimes we we add an additional event when you know when we feel like we don't need any sleep that night. <laughs> Do you have any special tours and things around the July Fourth holiday? Any colonial? We, Colonial-centric tours? <laughs> we are doing um, the uh, the new tour, the uh, Portsmouth Promenade tour, which is on the trolley. And we're going to deck the trolley out for the 4th of July. And um, it, it's funny, kind of getting into the museums, we're going to mm-hmm. be going around the perimeter of the Strawberry Bank Museum, which they do a full-out, you know, fully done 4th of July celebration over there. They have a parade and everything's decked out beautifully. So we're going to deck out Nickleby a little bit and bring everybody around Strawberry Bank. We'll stop for pictures mm-hmm. and of course we pick up and drop off right at Strawberry Bank for that tour. So we'll, we're planning um, a couple of tours so far. Um, I think we've got a handful of reservations for those. Those are during the day. They're pretty easy. They're just about an hour or so. 
but it's um it's a really fun way to see the, the city because what's cool about the trolley a lot of people don't realize is when you you get on the trolley you're sitting up higher so you really get a great view of yeah, all, all, all the houses and and in the windows as well. Yeah. Um, well, which I mean, can be the, interesting at I night. Mean, the trolley's all windows. You well, can it, see, well, and the trolley's all windows, and yeah, you can see great. right into the windows of the houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right up at that level. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's what we've got on, on tap for the 4th of July, because it's a weekday. Which yeah, is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and is, where, peop- where can people find information on the tours? And New England Curiosities. And, com. Yep. You can find all the information. Um, and don't scalp. Go to New England Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, don't buy tickets from scalpers. Like yeah. that's just it doesn't make any sense it's to me. It's not legitimate. No, it's totally not legitimate. But if you will start with Strawberry Bank Museum as we go into museums that you should visit, is Strawberry Bank is absolutely amazing. Their oldest house which is the Sherburne House, dates back to 1680. And when we look at the photographs of that house as of really the 1950s and 1960s, this beautiful 17th century house was covered with asbestos shingles. It was completely changed as far as the old double-peaked roof it line. Was unrecognizable. It was totally unrecognizable. And Strawberry Bank stripped the house down and completely restored it. And it's actually one of the houses that we talk about on our ghost tours. And you know, when it comes to the ghost stories, and we're going to share some, um, you know, of course, on today's show, and we always share them on our ghost tours as well. We just ask that people have an open mind. We just relay a lot of stories that we've researched based on people that we've talked to and events that we've gone to. So they may be stories that perhaps you haven't heard at all and you might not be able to find out there either. So it might sound a little strange to hear about some of these buildings having ghost stories. But Lit House has a good ghost right, story. Right, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't share it if, if we hadn't researched it ourselves and talked yes. to people about it. But um, the Sherburn House is, is great. There it is. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's really cool because the ghost story at the Sherburn House is very intriguing. That on the second floor, looking out the window, you can see a woman. And the windows of the Sherburn House, when they were redone, were done correctly as they would have been back in the 17th century. They have the diamond glass windows. And when they were shipping over glass in Colonial New England, they had to be small pieces of glass because otherwise they'd break on the crossing. So that's always one of the things that strikes me so much about the house. But what strikes me about the story of the woman in the window is when you go inside the Sherburne house, you actually get to see the skeleton of how the house was built. So they've opened oh, up... finished inside? Or? Yeah, they've opened up yeah. a lot of the walls so you can see all of the post and beam construction. How it was actually built. How it was actually built back in the 17th century, which makes the ghost story all the more alluring because there is no floor in front of the window. Oh. It's all open. So it would be impossible for someone to be standing in that window. Yeah, anyone in that window would have to be floating. You would have to be floating. And also, the vantage point from that window, and it's the left window of the Sherman House, the vantage point is actually looking out to the old waterfront docks. So when we look at Prescott Park today, that is, of course, where all the ships came in. 
So when you look out the window, you would have been looking out the docks along the river and almost towards the cemetery that we talk about all the time, the Point of Graves. Mm -hmm. So in seeing this mysterious woman up in the window, I often wonder, and now this is just me guessing, at, you know, adding more to the ghost story that I heard, if she was waiting for someone to come back that perhaps never came back. Mm-hmm. And we know that folks that lived in the building, some of them are actually buried over at um, the Pleasant Street Cemetery, which isn't too far away. So it's curious as to how... Uh, you know, it, it could could be a trick of the eye, could be a glare on, you know, the replica glass, but how could someone be standing in that window? And that's, you know, that's where I often wonder if they are there, then why are they there? Mm-hmm. And the well, old, she is looking out towards the river. She is looking out towards the river. And um, on some of our tours, we actually show the before photograph of the Sherburne House, and it's um, it's unbelievable. It's again, like Ken said, it's unrecognizable. Yeah, really. It looks so so different. But this is one of the oldest houses uh, along the Portsmouth waterfront. Again, it's a Sherburne House, and you can visit it by visiting the museums at Strawberry Bank. So simply, all you have to do is buy a day pass, and it's kind of a self guided tour from house to house. And then some of the houses are actually open, and they have interpreters in there, um, sometimes reenactors to explain the history of the house. Sometimes you actually get to pe- see people acting out the folks that lived in the house mm-hmm. over the years, and they're they're very authentic, and they really have such a good handle on their history. So the museum is kind of a neighborhood. It is a neighborhood. It is. It's, yeah. It, it yeah. takes up an entire. Yep, it takes up an, an entire several blocks. Mm-hmm. And it really established itself back in the late 1950s and early 1960s, and is quite a destination. Yeah, they were pretty. They were ahead Portsmouth. of the curve. Yeah, they were they were way ahead of the curve, and when you look at some of the earlier photographs of that area, one of the amazing things you'll see is just how dramatically different it was, and where the big grassy area is, which they call the parade in the middle of Strawberry Bank that actually used to be water, and it was called Puddle Dock. So the the docks came all the way in from the river, much more than you would actually imagine today because there's a street there, and today it's all grass. And um, the little pathways that connect you from house to house were actually streets. And it, you can't even imagine cars driving down there, but there's some great old photographs of cars being down there. Um, there's a lot of houses at Strawberry Bank that have stories um, even just the amazing history of some of them really is worth just going to check out. And, you know, sometimes it depends on, you know, who's who's your guide or interpreter. Um, a lot of folks just want to talk about the history, but there are a, a, a very small handful of people that will share the occasional ghost story. Um, one of my favorite buildings over there is actually on the cover of my Haunted Pubs of New England book. It's Studley's Tavern, and Studley's Tavern was actually moved across town it used to be over on Daniel Street and moved down in the 1960s. This amazing, huge, huge uh, old tavern from the 1700s. And it's actually when uh, Paul Revere made his other famous ride, uh, declaring that a British warship was coming up the coast, going out to Fort Constitution. He actually rallied the revolutionaries who met at Stilly's Tavern. And a lot of people say the first act of the American Revolution 
in the state of New Hampshire happened at Stilly's Tavern. He was able to intercept uh, the ship as it went out to Fort Constitution or Fort William and Mary at the time to get munitions to use in the Battle of Bunker Hill. And the tavern's still there. They're actually Stilly's Tavern. They also used to conduct slave auctions in this tavern back in the day as well. Um, Very early on when I was doing research for the tours, I was able to come up with some of the original advertisements for the slave auctions back in the 18th century, which talked about what ships the slaves came in off of when they were going to be auctioned, how much they were supposed to bring in at auction. And that's always a a huge eye-opener for folks that are on our tours when they hear you know, that we're standing in front of, you know, a New England building mm-hmm. where slave auctions took place because the first thing a lot of people will say if they don't know is, oh, you know, I thought that was, you know, more down south. Right. Like, no, it happened up here. So to have, you know, to have a relic, this beautiful house that Paul Revere had come to, that they conducted slave auctions at, that they talked about the revolution. The Sons that, of Liberty met there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there's so much history there, yeah. and it's, you know, it was slated to be torn down. They ended up moving it across town, and um, you know, it's it's just amazing to stand out in front of it, so um, we highly recommend mm-hmm. visiting Strawberry Bank. There's, I mean, we could almost do a whole show on all of the buildings and a lot of the stories that we've heard there, and we cover a lot of that on a lot of our water waterfront walking tours, and for me, it's so intense when you can stand in the building or in front of the building and tell the stories when you know, mm-hmm. this is where it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Or, and you know. It's still standing today, yes. Paul Revere sat in this room or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's like it's he walked into so this building. Intense. Yeah. And it, as, you know, as, as a tour guide, it, you know, it, it's strange because we've been, you know, starting the tours. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're going into our 18th season of ghost tours. Honestly, I am just as excited today as I was 10, 15 years yep. ago standing in front of these buildings. Like, the, I haven't lost my passion for the history and having these buildings as a backdrop because I know how valuable it is for people to have that full experience. You know, you're not standing in front of a dirt lot and saying, oh, well, this used to be here. It's actually yep. there. Yep. And if I remember correctly, didn't they keep a lion there for some reason for a little while? A no, lion? that was that was over in the William Pitt Tavern. That was the other I, I get that confused. Yep, so, so what's the other one? Okay. So, sure. Yep, the William Pitt Tavern, which is also at Strawberry Bank, is from seventeen sixty six. Um whatever goes stop talking about. That's where the, the Loyalists met. That's where the British one. Loyalists met and Tale of Two Taverns. Yep, and it was the first Masonic Lodge in the state of New Hampshire. And uh there's a plaque on the building that tells you George Washington visit there. He may have spoken about this before. Yeah. The Freemasons say that he attended a Masonic meeting, building still standing. Logical. And um, I, I'm always just, you know, over-researching these places. I spend so much time just trying to find little snippets. <laughs> I, I can't. It's, it's addictive. Yeah, it's, it's an totally addiction, addictive. yeah, really. And, um, and again, it's one thing when it's in a book and you, you read about it and you can take it in, but when you can stand in the building or at the front of the building, it's just... Mm-hmm. I love giving away those stories. And for people, if you live in town, if you live in Portsmouth, and having that story every time you drive by it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a and to stand there and tell people that have no idea, and they're like, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, they want to touch the building. They want to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, a great picture of it. This picture is um, a little bit older, um, but yeah, it still, it still looks amazing. Um, and where the fence is, that actually used to be a street. And we have pictures of cars down that little narrow street. It's called Atkinson Street. Um, but one of the little tidbits I had found, and it was just this newspaper um, clipping that I, you know, went through the microfiche to find. In uh, it was late 1700s, a uh, 
500-pound African lion was on tour of the Northeast, going from tavern to tavern. And for five so no pence... no lion daycare? <laughs> for five pence, you could go into the basement of that tavern and visit with the lion. And his trainer was there, and, you know, he'd have him sit on command and comb his mane. And, you know, there's a rough picture of the... Yeah, of, where it was it. back in what? Back when it was a, yeah, back when it was a tenement house. You can see, look, look at the streets are all dirt. I try to tell people that, and they're yeah. like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, before the streets, they weren't paved mm-hmm. until yeah. very recently. Estimate this, because there's no date on this. Uh, this is probably about 1930s, 1940s. Okay, yep. And um, as we got into the 40s and 50s, it got really bad. It looked um, even worse it was, than it this. Was really? even, it was even worse. Um, yeah, I'd say this is probably more 1930s here. And, it, yeah, it got really, really bad. I mean, you can, you can see how they cut it up into all of these apartments. That side door is no longer there anymore. They called it a tenement house. Yeah, they, yeah, they were, they were rough-looking rough tenement houses, some of them. So um, they, they kept this 500-pound African lion in the basement of this 18th century tavern for a week for entertainment value for folks that were coming to the tavern. Well, it must have been a sight back in that day. Can you imagine like, what that was like? And I, I have had a lion in the basement, I'd go see it. <laughs> Even now, probably, yeah. I'd <laughs> go. Well, think about it. You're... You're upstairs and you're drinking in the tavern, and this guy's like, "Come on, you want to come see the lion now?" Like, get like, out, get out! They do not have a lion here. I mean, hey, it's just sweetheart. It's, you want to go see my lion? <laughs> <laughs> it's just as bad as like pink elephants. Right. Like it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, that, it was it was uh, the pit tavern. Okay, where um where they had the just the uh, every bit is interesting. In history yeah, to- totally interesting. But um, we really encourage a visit to um to Strawberry Bank. Uh, pretty much, they are fully open for. The season Haunted right as well. now, yeah, and there's there's a lot more stories over at uh, Strawberry there's Bank figures as, as seen it looking out to, the window. And oh yeah, like that, yeah. As it relates mm-hmm. to folklore, and um, there's there's a another uh, nice view. I'd say that's probably I'd say that's probably more 1950s right there because you can see Atkinson Street is fully open right there. Yeah, that goes into Strawberry Bank, and now it's just a little uh, walk through area. So we bring our tours. Through there, the Aldrich House is um, in the distance on the other side, which is also part of Strawberry Bank and has its own share of stories, mm-hmm. Thomas Bailey Aldrich House. But it's amazing. Um, and the reason why it's called Strawberry Bank is one of the first names of Portsmouth originally was Strawberry Bank due to all wild strawberries that grew on the shore. Right and on the banks yeah, of the river. Uh, right on the, the banks of the Piscataqua River. Interesting. And so the first settlers came in, and mm-hmm. this is Strawberry Bank. And dare we say, a lot of the buildings, of course, at Strawberry Bank were there during the infamous red light district, which was also right there in the oh, same oh, neighborhood. Yeah. So there's no, there's zoning an, wars, zoning laws are kind of lax. Just, just, yeah. a <laughs> lax. <laughs> just a little bit. Very lax. Just a little bit. Yeah, you had the mayor involved in these things yes. as well. So yes, indeed. Police commissioner. So if you're um, if you're looking for Strawberry Bank, it's Strawberry Bank with one R and Bank with an E, and definitely check it out. And one of the really cool things that happens for us is people will go and tour Strawberry Bank during the day, and then they'll come and take one of our tours in the evening. So they'll hear the history first, and then they'll come out and take a ghost tour. They get to hear the, the history, ghost then the mystery. Yes, the history and then the mystery. I like that. Kind yes, of history and mystery. History and mystery. Yes, very cool. That, those are T-shirts. I think so. History yeah. and mystery. Oh. Charlie Tur is the history and the mystery. Yep. Oh, and there's uh, there's one of the rooms. It's amazingly yeah, restored. It's, yeah, it's, you... it's so cool. We've actually done, um, in in December, um, Pickwick's does a uh, tavern dinners for the holidays, and it's exactly how it would have been 
back in the day, and wow. they have everybody is dressed in costumes and they're playing music and the food is very authentic. It's done just like old Fezzi yeah. Christmas party. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. So we've um, been able to experience that there There's as well. There's fiddling and singing mm-hmm. and great dining. And um, there are some local folks that say the tavern's haunted. Yes, but yes. you're going to have to come on the tour if you want to hear more <laughs> about that because I could just talk about that all oh, day long yeah. too. I have a, a lot of stories about the tavern. But... Um, what we'll do is gone. Like time just flying. Yeah. Like all we do is talk about Strawberry Bank. We got a whole bunch more places we got to cover. We've got to tell you about. So um, what we'll do is we'll take a break, and then we're going to go down our list of curious museums um, in places that you should check out. And we've got one in every state. So no matter where you are, don't go anywhere because <laughs> we know you're wicked curious. For the best and curious entertainment, you have to check out New England Curiosities, located in the historic city of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. New England Curiosities offers tales and tours of folklore, ghosts, and mysterious history with author and historian Roxy Zwicker, New Hampshire's longest-running and original ghost tour. Roxy has been entertaining the locals, visitors from away, and curious souls since 1994. New England Curiosities has been offering tours and special haunted events since 2002. Highly respected and thoroughly entertaining. You'll be talking about your experience for months to come. Discover why New England Curiosities is consistently on top of travel and tourism lists. Yankee Magazine calls the Shadows and Stones Graveyard Tour one of New England's top five cemetery tours. The Boston Globe says an experience with New England Curiosities is one of the three best alternatives to visiting Salem, Massachusetts. From scenic trolley rides to walking tours and speaking engagements, there's something for everyone. So join New England Curiosities and experience why they are consistently featured in the media, including television appearances on the History Channel and the Travel Channel. Check out the latest legendary tours and events from New England Curiosities at NewEnglandCuriosities.com. And be sure to like New England Curiosities on Facebook. Greetings to you, traveler. My name is Roxy Swicker, and you may have heard of me being referred to as Maine's Mystery Maven or even New England's Scary Godmother. Creativity and curiosity are in my blood, always has been and is a way of life, and I really want to share my creative projects with you. Just under 20 years ago, I began New England Curiosities, a tour and event company based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it's given me the opportunity to connect with so many people. And for the past 15 years, I've been serving the seacoast of New Hampshire as a metaphysical instructor and reader. Two of the things on my path that I've committed to are helping to empower spiritual seekers and to share stories from and with curious folks. I know that community is powerful and we can create so much together. One of my projects is Wicked Curious Radio, a radio show that asks, you are wicked curious, aren't you? And also The Woodland Alchemy, which is a film that brings its viewers to a place of imagination, the unknown, and the mysterious. If you would like to help keep these projects afloat and keep us moving forward, you can check us out on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash you can find all of the magical things that we are doing. You can check out all the different levels of subscription and join us on our journey. So again, it's patreon.com slash roxyswicker, R-O-X-I-E. Z-W-I-C-K-E-R. And we thank you so much for joining our curious journey.
Welcome back, everyone, to Wicked Curious Radio. I am your mystery maven, Roxy Swicker, and on this week's show, we are talking about New England's curious and sometimes haunted museums. Since we're getting ready for Memorial Day, we'd like you to think about perhaps taking yourself to that museum that's in your backyard that perhaps you've passed by a million times and decided that, you know what, I'm going to go far away this week instead of discovering what's in my backyard. It's funny it, how you miss the local stuff, huh? You do. Yeah. All, all the time. We hear that all the time. You yep. just ignore what's in your backyard. John Greenleaf Whitty is birthplace was walking distance from my house. I've never been in it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And so many yeah. books I've, I've quoted that, John Greenleaf yeah, Whittier. Oh, yeah. I love his poems. But it's, it was local, so it's like you don't, you yeah. just don't think about it. It's part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet people will come from far just away. Just blends and becomes just white noise. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know how many times we say that on our tours, you know, how often do you rock, walk by a historic plaque or historic building, and do you stop to actually read it and know what happened in that spot? Like, how do you know where you are unless you know and, where you've been? And when the locals come out on the tour, they're like, I never knew that. I never realized that. I never thought about that. Well, that actually happened um, this past weekend when we did our haunted Kittery and York trolley. We actually had people um, on the tour that lived in Kittery Point. We did the two-hour tour um, along Kittery, went out to the Nubble mm-hmm. Lighthouse. a beautiful day on Saturday. And they said, my God, you know, in two hours, you know, we've lived in Kittery all these years. We learned stuff that we didn't know. And we, we went by all this stuff all the time. Yep. Yeah, they're going by it every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So one place that we did travel a little ways to, not terribly far. Um, not too far from us. Not too far from us. Uh, a few years ago when I was, a few years ago, it's probably more like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, when I was writing my book, Haunted Portland, the book that could not be written. Right. Um, we went up to see the amazing, um, one of the most amazing buildings that I've seen in Portland, Maine, called the Victoria Mansion. And it is a, a museum as well. It's absolutely incredible. It's right in uh, downtown Portland, Maine, and it was actually built in um, the mid-1800s by a gentleman who had owned a variety of um, hotels and lodging down south, and he was almost in his his way like a a mini Frank Jones because he was very much interested in all the latest technology and what was available, so he had a lot of advancements built into this amazing hotel home. Um, I don't know if uh, Lou will bring up some pictures of it so you guys yeah, can, can see it. Oh, oh, there we go. Yep, yep there it's it is. It's an incredible Long building. Yeah. It's high Victorian. It's, it's amazing. But he had, um, you know, hot and cold running water. He had gas. He had sewer. He had all of the amenities that was very early on in this beautiful mansion. Um, he owned it, of course, till he passed in 1893. So, it opened up as a museum in the 1940s, which is pretty amazing because 90% of the artifacts in the museum are original yes. to his time in that home. And mm-hmm. to me, it's, you know, I I feel more now like I'm actually walking through someone's house it's as still, opposed yeah, to just a, just a museum. Just as they live there. And and that is, you know, that's the golden ticket for time travel to me. It's like, oh, wow, you know, 100 years ago, this is exactly what he yeah. would have you're stepped out of bed and seen and walked past. You're still in that time period mm. as you walk in those doors. 
So, uh, of course, when we um, we did the tour, uh, they again, they do tours of the building, we noticed that there were a lot of uh, amazing, shall we say, um, facets and allusions to the mansion. Uh, they have uh, some amazing paintings in there that are painted, and again, consider the age of the mansion, you know, late 19th century, that are allusions where it looks like parts of the ceiling and parts of the wall are actually three-dimensional, but it only was painted that way and it's a, a very unique style of painting and they had spent a lot of time I remember on the tour explaining that and how they've had to do certain bits of restoration to, to keep it you know looking as fine as it did back mm-hmm. in the 19th century but you would look up and it would actually look like there were recessed tiles in the ceiling but rather it was painted to look like it had this amazing dimension it like like it was a 3D ceiling which Extremely, was just incredible yeah, it, it looked really convincing you really, mm-hmm. it was hard to tell unless they pointed it out and you mm-hmm. got up close. Mm-hmm. And all of the Victorian stained glass was quite amazing. And, you know, we, we got to hear the history, but being us and New England curiosities, we were we were mining for that, shall we say, little bit more the while we were there the, the, to, to find out if there were some some secrets in the mansion mm-hmm. and if there was a past so every time we um you know our tour group would go into a room we always lingered behind we're like well just we'll let them go into the right, next right. room and we're gonna walk around to see if there's anything unusual and one of the first things that we noticed in in just kind of the yeah i mean the look how amazing is, this it's is just, it's over isn't the top this, isn't this incredible yeah. yep. um one of the first things we noticed in one of the upstairs bedrooms was a beautiful portrait of a child and in looking at the portrait, it the child was painted there with a toy in their hand. It was, again, just stunning Victorian style. However, if you know a little bit about, again, kind of the more secret side of things. If you've done your homework. If you've done your homework. <laughs> we did notice that there was something strange about the painting. And this is it, this is kind of something to tuck into your back pocket if you like to go to museums and keep an eye out for. In looking at the painting while there was the child in this setting, I think there were a couple of trees and, and some grass, and again, they were holding a toy. The entire area around the child, including the sky, was painted black. Hmm, and curious. it looked, I mean, it, it, you know, it didn't look like, you know, it was poorly done. It was just dark. And of course, if you know your research, you'll know that they would paint the area around a child black in a portrait after they had passed away. So it was done after they had lost their child. And no one on, uh, you know, on staff or any of the guides had told us that until we were we had finished up the tour and we had cornered the guides and we asked them about that. And they said, yes, that the painting was done after the child had passed away. Because, again, think about, yeah. you know, Victorian times. They they really didn't, you know, and very rarely had photographs of the family. And if there was particularly an unexpected death, they may not have had a photo at all. So that's why you have a lot of postmortem photography 
photography, but this was the next step, again, because they were very fluent. They actually had this post-mortem portrait painted. And this is a and fairly common practice. It was, it was it, it, for the wealthy. In, in the yeah, day, yeah. Yeah, in, in Victorian times. So um, it's just this massive portrait, and I remember just looking at the eyes and the portrait, just so beautiful and so compelling, and I was like, oh, there's, there's heartbreak that's right here in this picture. When we went out out of that room, out into the hallway, I don't know if you want to. to look, look, you're, you're, the, you're, already, you're already smirking over there. I know you know where I'm going. On the with second this. level. On the second level, there was a. It was very secret. downplayed. A secret room, Ooh. and um, it was absolutely gorgeous. It looked like you were walking into a Persian parlor. It's a, it was a hidden door built into this wall. You couldn't even tell it was there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell the story of it? Because I know you were... Oh, well, you you were describe yeah, the room. Well, it, it did. It looked like um, a, just a beautiful Persian parlor. Persian rugs. It stood out against everything else in the mansion that was so Victorian. This looked like you had time-traveled over to the Mediterranean, and it was it was just, very India, Eastern. Yes, yeah, very Eastern, just lovely. Um, these built-in couches for lounging. Um, there, it wasn't a you know a library. It was very small. Yeah, it had the padded bench mm-hmm. couches on each mm-hmm. side of those little square, this little square room. Yeah, window seats. It's actually at the front of the mansion. It's actually located if you if you look at the picture at the front. It's right above the front door. There's a mm-hmm. little window above, mm-hmm. and it's. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it was there. No, in and that at, tower. No, and particularly as you're you're walking around the staircase on the upper floor, you wouldn't even know it was there. And it was um, it was beautiful. It was eastern. It was secretive. And do you want to mention? They called it the smoking room. No. For some reason, you'd go into this hidden room that you know you didn't have an actual door. It was <clears throat> just a wall that opened, mm. and they would go in there and um, <clears throat> smoke. That just leads me to be well. Why the why the secrecy of a smoking room? Mm. <clears throat> I mean, a smoking room, <laughs> not it, the room of smoking. Right. It, it, well, no, what uh, were they smoking? Mm, in there? Well, that's that the question. What were they smoking in the late eighteen hundreds in this secret room mm. that I think I remember? I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. That it was really just reserved for the gentlemen of the house. Usually things like that were. Mm-hmm. In this very strange secret smoking room. Mm-hmm. While all the other rooms of the house were, were wide open and completely accessible this is and completely easy to secret. see. This was completely secretive. It's behind a, a secret panel. So, um, yeah. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really incredible. That's and that's all hand painted. Those walls are exactly as they were back in the day with all of the gilding, and it's just absolutely stunning. I really wanted to hang out in this room and and do some dowsing or some spirit communication to try and determine what exactly was being smoked in that room. They wouldn't say much about it except it was no. a smoking room. No, they didn't give us a lot of information. <laughs> a on hidden it. smoking room. Hidden though. smoking room, and we pressed I, them. I really want to see, like, samples taken off the walls. and They'd, they'd be able to tell what they were smoking in there. I remember you said that mean, when we left. Let's face it. It's something could, that needed to be secret. Because you mm-hmm. could see a big hookah sitting in the middle of that room. Oh, sure. You know, so, yeah. And <laughs> what were they doing in India and Persia at those times? Yeah, so. Right, right. So it was... Uh, it was the descriptions are, I'm getting these, called a Turkish smoking room. Well, there you go, mm-hmm. Turkish. That's Turkish it. smoking yeah. room. So um, it was, I think, probably one of the highlights for me of... 
uh, of the mansion when we were visiting it. Again, you know, anything that's secret, I'm anything, totally into. Yeah, secret, hidden from view, behind mm-hmm, a wall panel. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm in. I, yeah, I'm totally into. Uh, when I talked to them um, and asked for doing the tour, I tried to ask them questions about ghosts or spirits. And again, they were all very much into the history and you know the preservation and everything that they're they've been doing over the years to to keep it preserved and authentic. Um, we just got a very light ghost story from them that in the music room, um, folks that said that the the music sheets had been moved around on the piano and they thought they had heard music in there but it you know they they made it sound like you know well we're we're not even really sure about that yeah yeah so well you pressed them after the tour Roxy's very persuasive. Yeah. Well, well, not that you, not that I'm, so, I'm trying so to on. be rude. I just you I, can tell me. I, but I know from experience in mm-hmm. all the places that we go to visit when we take tours that there's a tour that they give to the public, right? And then when everybody walks away, there's sometimes a little bit more that can be garnered out oh, yeah. of right. out of them. So it's it's not like I'm you know throwing them up against the wall saying tell me, uh, especially when they're not <laughs> putting this stuff out in the tour. It's correct. Not, it's not on the surface. Correct. But they've heard the stories. Yes. So you just have to ask for them. Or they've experienced things. Right. Or they've experienced things. So we were able to just get a little bit out of them. Perhaps there was something unexplained in the music room. Um, But again, we also had to ask about the painting. They didn't talk about that openly. So it's a place if you are up in the greater Portland area, you really should check out. And Portland's Portland's a great city. Portland's great. There's all kinds of amazing places to see up there. Yep. I mean, Portland had Lighthouse and Museum, <clears throat> where we actually did tours at the Lighthouse for a couple of years. Right, on the grounds yeah. of the Lighthouse. We had to get permission from the town of Cape Elizabeth to do ghost am- tours. Amazing. At, at this amazing, amazing Lighthouse. So if you have an opportunity to go over to the Lighthouse and Museum, it's in Cape Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. But the Victoria Mansion's amazing. When you go to a town, how does it go when you say you want to do ghost tours? How does it go? Yeah, how does it go? Generally speaking. It's been received pretty well, actually. Um, well, um, I mean, certainly on, on the seacoast, we've been, we we've been received very well. In well. um, Newcastle, we were able to do it with the town's permission. I mean, permission. they treat you like they treat a food truck, or do they look uh, at kind of a little askance at, yeah. Well, when we were doing um, the lighthouses at, the, the lighthouses, the the tours at Port, Portland Head Lighthouse. There yes. we go. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually were doing it in part for preservation of the lighthouse as well. Yep. So we were splitting the money between us and the lighthouse. So for for the town of Cape Elizabeth, which um, it had to go through a whole channel the there, um, they were okay with it for the first couple of years, but it got the second year it was a very slow response from them as to whether or not we could do it. And we weren't doing a lot. I'd say we probably only did like eight or ten tours right. per year up there. The first year was great, um, but they also had to send someone to the park to open it up at night because the park closed. So they had to pay hour. somebody. So they had to pay somebody to be there, and we had to be very strict with our time. So we had to just do the tour and leave. And The people going didn't want to be there and didn't want to be there any longer than they had to be. Right, yeah, yeah. and then the people on the tour because the park is not open at night got this amazing access and they didn't want to leave so you've got the guy he's like come on let's go Mm -hmm. and you've got the tour that's like oh I want to see more and then the second year it was was slower to respond from the town so we didn't do it a third year we did it the first two years and we figured you know that special event 
We loved it. It yeah. was amazing to be out there at night, totally dark, with the lighthouse overhead, out on the ocean, telling the ghost oh, stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a little bit challenging. Yeah. Newcastle, well, Newcastle, you know, getting public officials easier. to think at all is a problem. So <laughs> doing tours Just in Newcastle saying. was a lot easier, though. Um, yeah. the, the the town council was was very good about. They were very that. receptive to. But we yeah. also we had to get permission to use one of the town buildings to assemble in at night, and we had to open it up and. It, it gets complex, and yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize how complex it yeah. gets. But but when we bring it, it's it's pretty well received when we bring in the, the fundraising part of it, right? Like, oh, okay, right, and that's yeah, always. that's always been such a big part yeah. of, so that of what we do. Softens it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it but I mean we are genuine about that. Yes, we, yeah, we do want to help preserve these. Oh, of places, course, it's not so. just a ploy. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no, well, I, no, and we I really want to make sure that we explain yeah, it okay. properly. Um, I'm talking about when you present it to the town. Yes, of course. So Victoria Mansion. You definitely want to check it out. It's absolutely amazing. It's stunning. Yep. You'll, you'll you'll ride through you know through Portland and the building stands out. I mean, there's a lot of great Victorian architecture up there because much of Portland is Victorian because of their great fire. But um, it's just incredible. There's really really nothing like it. It's and such then, a, a unique place. And then down the street, Three Dollar Dewey's is back open. Oh, God. listen, so. you sound like Ron now from the <laughs> Ghost Project. So. Um, of course, we have so much time left to cover all the rest of the museums. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So um, we want so this to... This is turning into a series. Yeah, it, <laughs> right, yeah, isn't right. it always? Yeah. Um, I want to uh, make sure that we touch on some more museums for everybody. So where do you think in New England, we'll, we'll try to make this fun, where do you think you would find, which New England state, the world's largest Pez dispenser? The world's largest Pez, 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 dispenser. Pez dispenser. Yeah. And they actually have a museum of Pez dispensers. What state? That sounds like a Western Mass thing to me. You know, it does sound like a Western Mass thing. <laughs> yeah. You're close. Yeah. It's actually in Connecticut. Oh. Yes, the Pez Visitor Center. Um, they have Visitor a, Center. Yes, they have a Pez-themed motorcycle and shrines for everything Pez dispensers going all the way back to 1927. Oh, God. Um, it's located... It's like a thing. Yep. It's located in Orange, Connecticut, um, which is actually where they make the Pez. Bet you didn't know that right there in little Orange, oh, Connecticut. Well, well, that makes sense. Since uh, 1973. Wow. So if you are uh, interested in the Laura Pez, and actually when you stop into some uh, antique shops, you'll see some Pez dispensers are a little bit collectible yeah, and they really can old quite ones. a price. People grab them up. So you can uh, check out the factory, but more importantly, you can check out the Pez Dispenser Museum. And um, again, that's in Orange, Connecticut. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Sounds like fun. It does sound like fun. Speaking of fun, we've mentioned it on the show before, um, and Lou will probably remember, the world's only umbrella cover museum. Umbrella covered museum. Just yeah, just umbrella for cover. umbrella covers. Oh, okay. Not for the umbrellas. I thought the museum was covered by an umbrella. <laughs> no, that would be kind of cool, though. <laughs> museum of Umbrella Covers. The Museum of Umbrella Covers. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's the imagine? only one in the whole world. And no, we have not talked about this before. We haven't, because have it's, it's, it's on Peaks it. Island. 
I would have remembered this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, we love Peaks Island. It's uh, located oh. in Casco Bay. Yes, we have mentioned. Yep. That and so um, hey, if you're in Portsmouth at the Victoria Mansion, take if, the no, ferry. If you're, no, if you're in Portland, can Port- Portland? I say Portsmouth. You did. I, oh, Portland. I mean. Yep. So if you're in Portsmouth, go up to Portland and mm-hmm. take the ferry. There yes. we go. Um, out to Peaks Island. It's one of our favorite places. Lots of legends, lore, mystery. It's old world. We love it. We got stranded out there one night. Look up the Peaks the Island show. It's a whole the show but they have a little tiny museum they keep very limited hours and uh the uh the, the closest wo- thing to a museum airbnb that you can <laughs> <laughs> just set it up in the house and let's see if we can get people to come in essentially right. that's what you've got and um the woman who runs the museum has been known to uh Break out the accordion and play a song called Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella. Uh, that explains this picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I was wondering about the accordion. Yeah, yes. Oh, there she is. Yes. Yep, there she is. And there's all the umbrella And there's covers. all the umbrella covers. And people send them in from all over the world. So you can go in and, and have this world tour of umbrella covers. And it's right next to uh, the post office on Peaks Island. There's a great little yes. bar there, too. So afterwards, you, you can go. go have that drink. <laughs> go over and have that drink to process all those Some umbrella covers. Why the admission to something like this? I think Is it, it was just donation? I, I No, I think it's three dollars like yeah three dollars it's, it's cheap <laughs> yep um she uh, had a, a growing collection in the 1990s and decided to put it on display, and people thought that it was yeah. something fun to go and check out. So there are more than um, 700 umbrella covers. Start, right? You get two umbrella covers at Christmas one year. <laughs> Throw them aside. And then people get to know you as the umbrella cover person, and they start giving them to you. <laughs> that's right. right. Or you mention at a Thanksgiving meal, you know, I'm kind of into umbrella covers, and that's all you get for the next 10 years. <laughs> next thing you know. <laughs> This is true. The lack of imagination from the rest of the family. (laughs) So she has um, over 700 umbrella covers from 45 different countries. Who knew this wow, was a different thing? countries. Wow. So, um, again, this is Peaks Island. Um, you have to take the ferry out. Check the ferry schedule, Casco Bay Lines. It's worth the um, trip. Yeah, but don't get stranded on the island like we did. Uh, that was a very interesting evening. We missed the last ferry at 8 o'clock at night, so um, we had to sleep so- in the car. Oh, okay. I was going to say, where do you sleep if you in the car? And like yeah. two cars went by us all night long. There's a yep. few hotels and things out mm-hmm. there, but um, they were all booked up, so we, yep. were, we were SOL. That's all right. Yeah. Um, the sunrise was amazing. Sleeping in the car. No, no. unfortunately, we were in the, in the small car, car yeah. of the two cars. But you know, we just parked in a little space overlooking mm-hmm. the ocean. The lighthouses are yep. flashing and the waves coming in. It was great. Yep. It was fabulous. Mm-hmm. All right. There's so a great military fort out there, too. There is. You can sleep in the hike. car and you spend the 150 bucks in the bar. Right. <laughs> we we may have. Out. We, we may, may have. have. Yeah. Um, all right. So which state do you think the plumbing museum is in? Which New England state? Oh, this state? is exciting. Hey, listen. Some some people think plumbing is a great innovation. Mm-hmm. Think of the alternative. Plumbing museum. Plumbing museum. State. You said you have one from every state, so I'm going to assign this to Rhode Island. Nope. Unfortunately, it's Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, the Plumbing Museum, and it's actually located in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Where else? (laughs) This is Worcester, your plumbing destination. Where else could it possibly be? There you go. Um, So the the Plumbing Museum, uh, of course, has been going for well over 20 years. Oh, my God. This is no hole in the wall operation. No, it's not. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, and they go all the way back to the Civil War era, talking about it was how... It in the Civil War? 
well when they when they started the innovation of plumbing yeah to uh, to where we've come today, and uh, of course, all of the the makers who made the plumbing and their history and how it all came about. So that is located again in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you want to see the plumbing museum, we actually have not been, um, but I I actually know there are a lot of ghost stories coming from Worcester, and you can go back a, a few shows ago when we talked to the folks from Haunted Worcester right here on Wicked Curious, who shared with us a few uh, haunted. Curators walk around with half their bottom hanging out. Oh my God, they must. <laughs> Just they must. You'd have to. <laughs> Wouldn't well, you? well, and I'm sure when you walk away, you'll be flushed with appreciation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So uh, we also want to make sure that we cover one of our favorite museums. If you have not been, you really need to go. And, of course, it is the Classic Arcade Museum. And we'll just tell you it is located in Laconia, New Hampshire at Fun Spot. It is one of the most amazing places <clears throat> that we love to go. There are over 200 pinball and arcade machines going back to our generation of the 1970s and 1980s. Um, everything from asteroids. Space Invaders, Pac-Man, all of the the great mm, games. Yeah, Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. Um, Donkey you know, Kong. Yeah. Donkey Kong. They have the the Kiss Pinball Machine. Like you name it, they've got it. Um, and that's located at a Fun Spot. They have some really great uh, historic games on display. They do uh, world championships there. There's bowling. There's it's all a, it's kinds a of great, great stuff. place. It's worth the trip. Yep. And of course, um, Vermont. I love Vermont. They're so simple. The with, with, no, not the cheese museum. Maple syrup museum. <laughs> no, not the maple syrup museum. Although I'm sure there are Those both. Are the obvious choices. The museum of pretentiousness. Oh, you're, you're, well, you know, we're we're just going to point you in the direction to Vermont's museum I guess that's, of. That's close. Of I I don't know if you've heard of this before, Lou, but it's the Museum of Everyday Life. <laughs> that is no priceless paintings or treasures in the Museum of Everyday Life. It celebrates the mundane and the commonplace. <laughs> in other words, this is all we get. That's pretty much it. Everything from matches to safety pins and other nearly invisible objects around us. Located in Glover, Vermont. Oh, this is so perfect. Um, make sure that you come with a jacket because if it's cold out, particularly if it's in the colder months of the year, the museum is not heated. I'm so not sure there's four walls. <laughs> so <laughs> right. This picture. Right. <laughs> Get heated. <laughs> so make sure that you are prepared for your visit to uh, the Museum of Everyday Life. And then finally, um, we're going to send you down to Rhode Island. Um, the gentleman who curates this museum, which nobody knows where it is. Um, is from the Rhode Island School of uh, Design, which is, of course, quite famous all around the world, mm -hmm. celebrating pataphysics. 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 What? That's your word for today. What is that? It's your wicked curious word for the day. The science of imaginary solutions. <laughs> the notion of we are what we pretend to be. And this is supposed to be a magical, whimsical world that leaves you questioning not only where the boundary between reality and make-believe lies, but whether or not that boundary even exists. Otherwise known as the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Ouch. anything. So it is the Museum Pataman Unique. Wow. I'll spell it for Whoa. you. It's P-A-T-A-M-E-C-A-N 
I-Q-U-E. And its location is a secret. You have to meet at a secret location, and then they take you there. And it's actually supposed to be several locations. Again, hmm. it's completely secret, and keeps its own air of mystery. Wow. So again, that is uh, down in Rhode Island. You could probably contact um, the Rhode Island School of Design, or again, look up the name of the museum to see when they meet. And um, the pictures of it are absolutely amazing, so just look it up. It definitely looks like something that is otherworldly and mm-hmm. even perhaps a bit odd, as it were. So those are some of our museum travel tips for you. And, of course, when you get out there, see if you can corner your guides, you know, when everybody has <laughs> walked away. And if you can find some answers like we often do as to whether or not they're haunted. And if you go on any of these adventures, let us know what you've discovered. And, of course, we'll have more to share with you in our future travels as well. We're always looking for these crazy, mysterious, haunted places. Stay tuned. To share with you. But you can find us, again, at NewEnglandCuriosities.com. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks because it is Memorial Day, so we're going to be off on our adventure to bring you some more tales. And as always, we invite you to stay wicked curious. Thanks for listening this week.